so we did our research this time. Yeah. Not on the movie. No. Let's not get not. silly. Let's not get silly. Um, the movie is the Rockefeller Explosion, the documentary about uh, the showbiz, showbiz. pizza, <clears throat> which again, consistent with our Chucky intro, apparently this isn't about child's play. This is about everything else, but yeah, pretty and much. The band, I was correct. It was a band that I was referencing. You gonna remember it all now? <clears throat> no, I wrote it down. Okay, that band yeah. is the Spectral Light and Moonshine Fire Snake Foil Jamboree. Snake oil. Snake oil. You said snake foil. I know, but I was hoping you didn't notice, <laughs> and nobody else. The Spectral Light and Moonshine Firefly Snake Oil Jamboree is the band. The documentary is the Rock Fire Explosion, which is the name of the band from Showbiz Pizza. Okay. Were you able to come up with anything to see if the 225 pounds thing was uh, where we fell on that? We we did not get actual numbers. No. You seem to think that the numbers we did find... They definitely, they definitely support me. Just like every other statistic, uh, I think that we, we just interpret them to justify our own beliefs is what happens. Well, I have, we haven't found the, the right numbers yet. We found like BMI and number of overweight and obese people yes not actual raw poundage numbers no but we're still looking are we i feel like i've given up and just like con- not conceded i've just came to the conclusion that i'm right and you're not well, going to concede uh, see i say that and then at this point they will the audience will be like oh that's something that'll come up later mm-hmm. and then they'll forget about it and they won't remember and if when you we forget about if it. If you haven't forgotten about it, we're still working on it. Yep, totally. It's open. It's open ended. Um, so you referenced as we were getting ready to start the movie mm-hmm. that I started to pour myself a drink. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, "No, starting." Blah, blah, blah. It was a dumb joke. So I want to point out: number one, I'm well aware that. 80% of the time when you're over here, I'm drinking. I don't think you're an alcoholic if that's what you're afraid of. But. Okay. I want to point out that literally every time I drink, you're here. So it's like a <laughs> skewed number. It's like because a skewed, you're a social drinker. It's a skewed amount. No, like this is his anti- you only, you only, social as it gets. You only drink when you can lure somebody into your basement. <laughs> no, it's the. And you're like, oh, I have an excuse. It's, it's down the hatch. It's, it's. Uh, like a literally at most a once a week thing, which is when we record is once a week. Yeah. Um, it's when I have time to myself. I don't work the next day, et cetera, et cetera. I just feel like I need to make that disclaimer to you <laughs> that and you that what you and you wouldn't be wrong. Like in what you see, Rush drinks every time that I see him. Yeah, he's never not drinking. It's <laughs> I could see how you would think that. I'm really I just, starting to get worried. I just need to let you know that that's. I've been calling the A and E producers. <laughs> intervention <laughs> he drinks once a week i think <laughs> almost every week except the 20 percent of the time that he does it. <laughs> so i just feel like i needed to iron that out with you yeah so that you know what you're seeing is skewed okay? yeah i i didn't have a problem with that okay i was i was just joshing around i know but that being said i still uh i don't know I think I'm self-conscious of it because I'm aware that you see it. I'm a bit of a ball buster. <laughs> uh, we watched Child's Play. We did. What did you think, Justin? I think that this is the episode where we stop making podcasts because you hate me now. <laughs> I don't think I'll go that far. <laughs> so the very first note that I wrote is, 
Why laughing? Question mark. <laughs> so I'll turn that over to you. You laughed a lot during this. Yeah. Why? Because it was campy and bad in spots. <clears throat> I feel like I enjoy these movies because of those like really bad moments. Mm-hmm. Those are what like really. Those are things that are really bring me joy in this weird way. And now that I'm saying it out loud, that seems really weird. Like kind of like I'm a dick. I don't know, but. That's what makes it fun to me. I first of all, I feel like you just now figured out that you might be a dick. No, I knew I was a dick. This is me. just this is just oh, more evidence. Great. <laughs> okay, so the first time you laughed was when Andy's babysitter fell out the window. No, that wasn't that was the second time I laughed. The first time I laughed was Oh yeah, when white guy starts chanting voodoo stuff. Yes. And I'm just like, oh well, <laughs> He just happened to know that. No. And yes, they go on to explain it yeah. later, but in that moment, it was really funny. So, if you were watching, I, I don't know, a Scorsese movie, mm-hmm. and the same kind of thing, something that was unexpected, would you laugh anticipating that it was bad, or would you give the movie credit that it was going to explain what was going to happen? I feel like The Wolf of Wall Street is this exact example, and I think I laughed at how bad parts of that movie were okay if that's the case then that's fair um the the other thing that i was going to point out you've referenced the word campy a few times Mm -hmm. i don't think we've watched a campy movie so far so i feel like yeah we haven't i feel like (laughs) i need to subject you to what is a truly a campy movie i don't know how do you define camp um i would put camp with an awareness of the fact that it's bad. Uh, I, I don't I, like a self-awareness that it is garbage. I don't know that self-awareness necessarily is campy because yeah, I, I don't think you need to be self-aware. I don't think you need. I think if you are self-aware, that is a criteria. You can be self-aware and campy, but you can also be campy because you've seen other campy stuff and think that that's good. Okay, so what was campy about this? I I think that the whole premise of white guy murderer, the strangler, knows voodoo and put his soul into a doll is kind of campy and I don't know. Okay, I had. I'm sorry, I had fun wrong. No, no. <laughs> the, um, so you said you had fun. Let me go back to the original question. Yeah, what did you think about the film? Um, I thought it was fun, and I thought that there were a lot of parts that surprised me. Being that I was laughing through a lot of it, mm-hmm. a lot is a. It's I was laughing at parts. No, yeah, I think you were laughed sporadically. But there was a lot that surprised me in how good it was. How, what, like, the good... I thought that, like, the first third of the movie, they don't really show Chucky a lot. No. And so I was like, okay, good. They, they go for, like, the Jaws approach. Mm-hmm. But that back half is all Chucky. And how and did you think most they did? of it looks really good. Oh, it looks so... Like, I haven't watched this for a few years, and I'm so glad to hear you say that, because I really felt like they did... He did... So the director is a guy named Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. He's done quite a few really cool things. Yeah. 
And I, the biggest thing that I'm taking away from this right now, it's one of my last things that I wrote, but they knocked it out of the park with when and where they use Chucky. Like there's obviously yeah. a whole bunch of different kinds of Chuckies. Mm-hmm. There's a little person in a suit. There's uh, robotics. There's puppets. There's just a still doll. And they used it really, really effectively in every one of these. See, I, I don't know. Like I, I kept thinking like is he's moving a lot like a person, mm-hmm. but either like... That has to be a really, really small little person, or there's camera tricks going on. There's perspective. I think it's everything. I think it's all that. So the guy that's in the suit at mm-hmm. points is the same guy that was Howard the Duck. Okay. So his name's Ed Gale. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to do the convention thing. The very first convention my wife and I ever went to, he was there. She had to meet him because she loves Howard the Duck. Um, we got to talk to him uh, and his husband for quite a while, mm-hmm. and it was awesome, man. He was the coolest guy in the world. He does like these uh, live questions and answers every Sunday on Facebook because cool. um, he's not in the best health as of now, so he doesn't mm-hmm. do the conventions or anything. Super, super cool guy. So like when Chucky was on fire and kind of running around, yeah, that's him. Wow. And he was super young, like 20 or something like that. Yeah. And he was telling us how he doesn't really, he didn't know about how to do full body burns or whatever. So they're like, hey, you want to do this for a minute? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Not knowing it was like a a long- Five seconds is is a long time, let alone like a minute. Exactly. So he just didn't know, but he agreed to do it because he had no idea. Yeah. Um, Just the coolest guy in the world. He was uh, spinning a bunch of different stuff, but he was like- do you remember the the Land Before Time? Yeah, of course. When we were little, he mm-hmm. was Sasha, like the little friendly dinosaur thing. I mean, they're all little friendly dinosaurs thing. I don't dinosaur things. I don't particularly well, remember like, Sasha. It doesn't matter. But but he's he was a part of our childhood that we never saw yeah. his face and knew about it. Is yeah. kind of where I'm going with that. So that was really cool. But like as I watched, because I was this, this is multiple multiple viewings for me. Mm-hmm. I was trying to go. All right, that's a still doll. That looks like a puppet. That looks like robotics. Yeah. That's only a hand. That's Ed Gale in a suit. Mm-hmm. And I was really impressed. I really, really think that they knocked it out. Like the scene in particular with the towards the end when he's trying to insert his soul into Andy. Yeah. It just looks fantastic, man. Yeah. It really, really does. To me, the one that stuck out in my brain that I keep replaying over and over again is when he goes to Dambala's apartment. Yes. And he's like standing on the countertop. Yeah, he he's just sitting there, and then he goes from sitting to standing, and they show it all. Yes, and that's the one that made me go, how like okay, that can't like, it. That's the one that kind of blew my mind. Yeah. So and it, yeah, and there's it's so great because it's tangible. Like, yeah. Like I'm not trying at all to get on any kind of a high horse with anti CGI because I think people like draw a line where they say all CGI is awful. Yeah, that's not the case. No, not at all. But there's something completely different that you can tell, and you you feel like you can see it there. I enjoy seeing it, and I know it's not real. Right. But I know it's CGI is not real, also. Yeah. But I can appreciate and I feel more when I know that they're physically looking at something there. There's a... To, yeah. To me, it's not... You feel it because the actors feel it, to me. A lot of it is when they have a physical thing to interact with there, they can play off of that a lot more. So, like, Jurassic Park, for me, is the perfect example of 
mixing really, really good models and animatronics with CGI. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I love the Avengers and all that, the just wild CGI everywhere. But that mix, like Jurassic Park, is like the pinnacle of that to me, mm-hmm. that mix. And yeah. they were like one of the first ones to really use CGI mm-hmm. and still one of the best. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I could keep blowing the movie forever by, <laughs> by complimenting it on that. But that's, you know, I feel like I'm I'm blowing my biggest point that I wanted to make early. Yeah. But it sounds like you, because you noticed it too, I mm-hmm. think it's, I, I, you know, I don't want to drive it into the ground too much. But really, that was the biggest thing that I felt as I was watching this movie was I really got to credit them for what they accomplished. Yeah. Um. So you did say I was, I was laughing a bit throughout. Mm-hmm. And some, you know, some of it was with the movie. Some of it was at the, some of the less good writing parts. But some of it was just kind of that tension relieving, like, I know, you know, 33-year-old me was a little freaked out. 10-year-old me? No. Yeah, that was me no watching this chance. the first time, dude. So you can see how I would have... Okay, so 10 minutes into this movie... Uh, Maggie is putting Chucky and Andy to bed, mm-hmm. and then she goes into the kitchen, and the TV turns on, and he's in the chair, checked out, done. <laughs> that is exactly when when that TV went on, my TV would have went off if I was a kid. Nope, done, hundred percent done. So that makes me feel good that even though at points you could have laughed, you still feel like you got out of it. What? the goal was yeah especially as 33 year old you i love that the movie starts right in like it yeah. immediately gets you with brad dorf uh charles lee ray running <laughs> yeah just a yeah real <laughs> ugly guy i don't know i just thought it was that's i asked you is he the guy that yeah that did the voice because part of me was just thinking like oh did they just try to cast like the biggest dirtbag they could find nope. for like this 5 minute scene so he's pretty iconic in a whole lot of ways the only thing that i think you might know him from i say only but the thing that off the top of my head is one who flew over the cuckoo's nest okay he was in that um see i haven't he was seen really that movie a, in so long he was really young in it yeah. but uh like i just found out Dan DeVito was in that movie i don't remember Dan DeVito i remember Nurse Ratchet Jack Nicholson and the big Native American guy, and that's yeah. pretty much all I remember from that movie. Yeah. I need to watch that again. Um, the uh, continuing to talk about you laughing towards <laughs> okay. the towards the end, Chris Sarandon, the detective, mm-hmm. says, "Are you all right?" And you laughed, so he like went. To, I think he basically just told her that her kid might have killed. No, no, no. Uh, maybe she found out that Chucky had her kid. I don't remember right. what he, but you, but he said the words, are you all right? It wasn't towards the end. It was at, was it, it when was he, at the beginning? She just found out that Maggie was dead. Okay. And she's reacting to that. And she kind of slumps onto the wall, realizing that her best friend just died. Literally just <laughs> getting the news. Hilarious. No, but then he goes, are you all right? Yeah. Like he goes, your best friend's dead. Oh, are you all right? Like, <laughs> I think I laughed because it it was awkward. I think because it was bad writing. And if those were real people, that's really awkward. Hey, your friend said, oh, my God, are you all right? No, no, you no, just no. That's not, that's six not how inches. it happened. Here's how it happened. OK. OK. 
your friend's dead. Slouch. Oh my goodness, is she going to pass out? Do I need to get her an ambulance? Are you all right? Not meaning, hey, how's your day going? It's meaning, are you physically going to pass out? Do I need to get you an ambulance? It was it was awkward, so I laughed. Mm, I disagree. Okay. The uh, Andy at the very beginning of the movie is making breakfast for his mom. Mm-hmm. So I know that there are kids that are like completely functional on their own. Yeah. Why can't I get my kids to do that? Like my three-year-old now is in this phase where the only thing he seems to be able to say is I can't do it. So it will literally be like, <laughs> hand me your shoe, which is one inch to your left. Yeah. I can't do it. And then he starts to whine and goes, I can't do it. And it's the most God awful, annoying thing in the world. I can't get my kids to do shit. <laughs> but the point of that is he's trying to help his mom. He's actually making way more work for her, but that's cute. And I'm not saying I don't understand the point. I'm saying <laughs> that is not. You just how... wanted a segue for talking about how lazy your kids are. <laughs> oh, that was about it. My When my older son was about three Mm -hmm. he went through a phase where whenever he was told that he couldn't have anything or no yeah he would just scream help me (laughs) have i told this on the i feel like i feel like you have i was about to tell a story that i feel like i've also told stop talking what was your story it's the story that i feel like i've told in this podcast before so okay well if not well then we'll leave you in suspense (laughs) wasn't that a great moment in our (laughs) podcast history right there uh so speaking of your family mm-hmm. at one point you turned to me to say something uh about the movie and you called me by your wife's name <laughs> that's messed up isn't it <laughs> yeah i i feel like our relationship has gone to the next level now <laughs> i i routinely also reference my wife as my mom <laughs> which is obviously incredibly freudian but but being not it's not to her mm-hmm. it's not like i look at her and go hey mom or I call my mom my wife. It's because I have kids, so I'm constantly calling, saying, your mom, your mom, your mom. Yeah. I think. <laughs> you hope? But I pre- I hope <laughs> that I sh- might need to see a shrink about that. But I definitely referenced you. I said, blah, 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 wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, growing up, uh, and then next-door neighbor kids uh, lived with their grandparents, and... Their grandparents called each other mom and dad. I, that's always it was the weird. creepiest thing. It's, it's so weird to me when I hear that. Like, yeah, I guess I can see how it happens. Because, but I still, even now, I think I say your mom or something. Exactly. Like, but like, it's there alone. It's like them and me in the kitchen. The other kids aren't in sight, and he'll say like. Hey, mom, can you grab me this? Yeah, it's weird. I. It's I, weird. It's very. Yeah, we're we're on the same page. With that. <laughs> did you just hear a dog bark, or did I just laugh into the thing? I heard something. That was weird. Um, it's Chucky. The the uh, the apartment. How much was the rent for that apartment a month? Chicago, nineteen eighty eight. Probably, probably. Well, hold on. Don't say nineteen. Adjusted till now. Oh, now that place is like hipster paradise. Mm-hmm. Like you commented on that elevator, you were like, "I don't think I would ever, 
I would ever care about an elevator, but that's a nice looking elevator. It was a pretty sweet elevator. It's a pretty sweet elevator. Yeah, that's like hip. That's like hipster area. I'm sure now, because all like I don't mean now. I mean if you were renting it then, yeah, adjusted for inflation. Mm-hmm. What is their monthly rent? Uh, now probably like eight hundred to a thousand. No way, way more than that. It was. For that for area, it was the slums. The whole point of that is it was an old rundown building. It was like the slums. Okay. Maybe I'm just looking at the size of the building, but here but it's like the friends joke. Like the friend I never watched yeah. Friends, but they lived in this multi million dollar apartment. Yeah, definitely. So you're saying I'm unjust I'm criticizing the movie unfairly for that. But it was a nice as, it was bigger than like the Blues Brothers apartment, but I've never seen Blues Brothers. What? No, never. That is a fantastic movie. Sorry, you need to watch. Sorry, I. Uh, so maybe I'm being unfair with that. I I feel it. I feel like it, I don't know. But I think it's just a trope in every movie. Yeah. That, that that wherever the people live is way nicer. Like it, when you watch the average movie, mm-hmm. um, what's the average cost for like an Amer- a family moves into a new house type of movie? Three hundred thousand dollars, half of the million dollar house. Yeah. Everybody is always in this huge house. Yeah, um, one of the best movies I've seen in the past few years that came out is called It Follows, um, which we'll definitely do at some point. But the opening is that, is that the one about the sexually transmitted ghost? Yes. Okay, I've yeah. seen. I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen That's stuff about it. it. It seemed intriguing. It's great. Okay? okay, so usually I don't even try to give you that, but you'll know that <laughs> uh, it's great. But the opening scene is this. 14, 15, 16 year old girl mm-hmm. swimming in a dirty above ground pool yeah. in front of a house that's $70,000 in Detroit mm-hmm. or in Detroit. It's probably $5,000, but <laughs> now, yeah, yeah. but uh, it's fantastic because that's like a real person yeah. living in a, a real place as opposed to every movie where they've got this big luxurious apartment in the city that nobody could afford. But I think that just comes with indie movies, like smaller movies. They're generally realer. Yeah, that's probably true. Whereas, you know, not necessarily bigger movies, but more studio movies. They just they want they want the stuff to not get in the way. Yeah, yeah. they they want to be able to tell the story mm-hmm. versus making the place necessarily a part of the story. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe maybe I'm really lowballing that apartment now that I think about it. They had a fireplace, two I bedrooms. Re- I really think you are. Maybe. Um. Oh, but it I, seemed like it was in the, not the bad part of town, but not in the best part of town. Is there a best part of Chicago? Uh, I don't know. I had a friend that lived in Chicago, mm-hmm. and his rent was pretty much the same as my mortgage. Yeah. And he had a one-bedroom, shithole, nasty place. Yeah, well, we live in, like, the sixth cheapest city in the country or yeah. something. But still. Yeah. Uh, Chicago's expensive, I guess, is my point. Did you ever get presents in the morning on your no. birthday? You always had to wait for your damn birthday party. They taunted yes. you all day. And it was after dinner. Yeah. And you know what? And as I'm saying this, I did the same. My kids, I do the same thing to them. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. Why don't I just bad wake up and give it to you're them? You're perpetuating the, the bad parent. I, am, I don't have an answer for it. It's just... Uh, because it's Because it's part of the celebration. Like... You you bring over a bunch of kids who are going to spend $10 on a 
dumb toy. Even even if we so don't have open a party, them all at once. Even if we don't have a party, I make them wait. Mm. So if it's just like the family get together thing, yeah. I always had to wait. Yeah. And I and I've always made my kids wait. I don't yeah. know if I can justify. We're going that. to grandma's house for dinner and cake. Yes. And you have to wait. And stare at them because they're right there by the door. And then it's too late for you to get to play with them. Yeah. Why do I do this? I don't know. I might have to have a conversation with my wife and, mm-hmm. and change this policy. The uh, Eddie's of Eddie's slum that blew up real good. It blew up super good and disintegrated. Yes. And like, <laughs> I don't think an oven has ever caused an explosion <laughs> like that ever. No. But it blew up real good. It blew up so good. I, I, it blew up so good. I was disappointed that they kind of like immediately cut away. I was like, no, I wanted more time with that. I wanted, yeah. I wanted to see stuff settle. There. <laughs> I was, wanted, I wanted, I wanted a bit, of, a, a bit more. It was so cool that I went from being annoyed that it blew up so good to like, <laughs> I can roll with this because yeah. it's like you see the an entire house falling down. It's not even just yeah. an explosion. You see it falling down. The size of that explosion, I was like, oh, that's absurd. And then the whole place just started falling down. I was like, all right, that's. <laughs> We had I'm with same, you. I'm back on board. Yeah, maybe. exactly. We had the exact <laughs> same thoughts on that. Oh, I'm glad we're on the same page with that. Um, when I just said the word when, and then I picked up my notebook trying to figure out what my next thing was going to be. And I was mm-hmm. just hoping I'd roll with it. Yeah. And then I don't know. You want me to go? Mm-hmm. Why is he coming after the kid with a knife at the end? Be- before the, before uh, his mom and the detective or whatever get there. His whole point is he needs to transfer his soul into Andy's body in order to live on and not be a stupid doll anymore. So why does he have a knife? I don't know if he's trying to force Andy or he's going to stab him. You need to lay down or if he'd be at this point, he's just super pissed off and he's going to fucking kill him and not care. Yeah. That's the only two ideas I got. Because at the end when he comes after with the knife, it's like, okay, he's kind of given up. He's just pissed off and burnt to a crisp. and That's where vengeance. I was referencing. Where were you referencing? Before they get there. Before they get to the apartment. When it's just the two of them alone in the apartment. Okay. That's what I would say is he's just trying to, like, he's past the point of, like, trying to coerce him or anything. Now he's going to forcefully do it. Yeah. He, um, just, he looked a little murdery. Speaking of knives, I will speak for myself here, and I'll probably say that you would be the same way. If you were Chris Sarandon, the detective in the car, mm-hmm. your ass would have gotten stabbed off. Oh, yeah. There's no way that I could drive no. with my legs up like he did. No. But the whole time, I'm just yelling, okay. So he, he chokes him, right? Yes. And then he hits the gas. I yes. was like, I know where he's going. He's going to hit the gas, and then he's going to hit the brake, and Chucky's going to go through the windshield. And then he just kept hitting the gas the entire time. I'm like, what are you doing? Are you trying to drive away from the guy in the back seat? That's not how this works. So uh, this is a point that I keep coming to that I, that I, I think is true for most movies is we're completely playing Monday morning quarterback. Yes, with this. I get you it. You don't know how you would react in that situation. I understand. <laughs> you would just have the same answer every time so that I don't bring up my fun, <laughs> stupid points anymore. Okay, because you're just gonna <laughs> fucking wet blanket on top of them. Oh, yeah, look at that. Pu- calling the kettle black. Oh, I just brought up a grandmother go-to yep, right there. That's good. You're welcome. Uh, Brad Dorf, Charles Lee Ray. Okay, had an awesome lair. 
like his murals that were painted yeah. in the wall were pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. And I have zero recollection of that. Mm-hmm. I think as a child, I was just like, what are these colors? Yeah. Not seeing penises or anything like that. Also, you don't, you don't put them together. No. So it doesn't have the impact of, oh, this dude's crazy. Yes. Well, and was he crazy though? Because he was right. He yes, knew the fact that he was into all that that voodoo stuff, and it turned out to be right. But that doesn't mean you just like scrawl, paint. You paint a mural and and just start like putting praise Dambala. You give me eternal life and stuff like that. That's like he made his whole house an altar, and that's a little crazy. How many people in the general public do that now? That have I, that have candles of the virgin mary and things like that yeah but they don't like paint themselves a crowd of themselves and like at jesus's feet that's essentially what he did yeah there Uh, were like four characters one of them was dambala and the other three were him which was pretty awesome yeah yeah i'm not denying it was cool no yeah but but definitely it was crazy like that dude crazy yeah (laughs) that dude crazy (laughs) Uh, you guys, I don't think I've seen a picture of Justin unless you're friends with him on Facebook, <laughs> but he is a 60 year old black woman yep. that always wears a church hat in mm-hmm. case you were wondering. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, uh, I just wrote the word racist. At what point, at some point you, yes, I remember now. <laughs> ah, yes, I remember now. The photo now. looked nothing like him. <laughs> the photo looked like <laughs> like 95 percent like this dude looked like bill cosby no he turns out when you see him in real life he looked nothing like bill cosby no but that photo he like no it he didn't. like he didn't have a neck his <laughs> neck was like sunk in what? so he had like he's acting this out right now he's showing what it looked like with no neck but yeah he's... <laughs> with no neck he looked like bill cosby no he didn't he totally did no not in the slightest Look at that photo that looks like Bill Cosby. <laughs> Not only does that look like Bill Cosby, that looks like Bill Cosby now. I expected this dude to be like 80. <laughs> he was not at he all. He was not. He was a, mostly a young man. Um, so it wasn't until the somebody came up and said Chucky was Charles Lee Ray's nickname mm-hmm. that I realized the correlation between the names Chucky and Charles. Really? I swear. Like, <laughs> uh, for... <laughs> I'm 33, so for 25 years at this point, mm-hmm. I've always just thought that was the name that was assigned <laughs> to that doll. Because like they referenced Oscar earlier, yeah. so that was like a Cabbage Patch doll. Right. I not one time <laughs> until this moment put together the fact that his name was Chucky because that's what his friends probably called him in real life. Yeah. Also, I love that in the writing, they gave him three names. Yeah. Because that's definitely a serial killer thing. Yeah. Charles Lee Ray. Definitely. Yes. yes. That's that's a perfect serial killer name. Mm-hmm. Every serial killer has three names. John Wayne Gacy. John Wilkes Booth. John Wilkes Booth wasn't <laughs> a serial killer. I ran out of names. <laughs> but after one. BTK. After, after <laughs> <laughs> um, the... I did like to there's genuine moments when if you're watching this for the first well, you did watch it for the first time mm-hmm. when they genuinely had a child in peril. Yes, I thought. Um, yeah, there 
the hospital scene there had to be a stunt person but definitely there were several times where that kid fell on his ass oh yeah absolutely would not fly today i no, don't think i don't think zero so chance either. um you referenced the hospital yeah so first of all the first thing i'll say is they did a great job of making chicago i feel like a character in this movie yeah. Uh, it definitely is a Chicago movie. It mm-hmm. felt like you were part of the city, and they yeah. definitely shot Riding there. the L. Yes. Um, so the institution. I yeah. ask you when we were watching this, number one, did we really have institutions like that that recently? And two, would they have put kids there? I think the f- my thought is the former pro- probably unfortunately. The latter, God, I hope not. Um. There is a documentary that I watched that was pretty awesome. It's called Cropsy. It's, okay. mo- it's on most streaming services. It's pretty awesome. Is that about Francis Farmer? No. Okay. There's a tiny. It's about a serial killer from Staten Island. Okay. There is a tiny little portion in there where they show you a clip of another documentary. Okay. Okay. I watched that other documentary. It. W- I don't know why it was one of those things where I started and you just can't stop. It was like a Mm -hmm. car wreck type thing. And it was incredible in the most visceral and horrible way imaginable. Okay. Okay. So what this documentary was, it was a very young, uh, investigative reporter on the scene named Geraldo Rivera. Okay. Okay. So he's a joke now, but obviously watching this, like he was a real, a real yeah. He had in journalistic integrity, blah, 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 right? Sure. So No, yes. You didn't see this documentary, dude, and I'm going to tell you about it. Okay. So he goes to this uh, mental institution on Staten Island, and he's like, hey, we've heard some reports of some bad shit going down here. Mm-hmm. Can we come in? No, go away. So he shows up at another point unannounced, and then they kind of have to let him come back, I think, multiple times. I'm sure I'm messing up the chronology here in some way, but when they go in, like at one point it was obvious. So they go in initially and there's just, it's, it looks so dark. Yeah. And there's just dozens of children and adolescents everywhere Mm. naked. They don't even have clothes. There's nothing for them to do. They just sit in rooms and rock. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you progress and he keeps going back and seeing them. Some of them, like there's a girl who is probably autistic. Yeah. And like another kid that's just deaf or another kid that's just blind. That's the only thing wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And their parents have abandoned them here, abandoned them there. Yeah. But they get zero stimulation or anything. Mm-hmm. So you watch this girl progress who's like a super high functioning handicapped girl. Mm-hmm. And they meet her and she's like reading magazines and talking to him and saying she has a crush on this other boy who's just deaf and the, or blind or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And, over the, and over the course of, of the f- next few months or, or year or whatever, they get there and she starts rocking. Because they're, like apparently that's a psychological thing. When you don't have any stimulus, yeah. you rock. And they watch her spiral downward just based off not, like the institution absolutely did way worse for her mm-hmm. than anything else like there's a moment where they the they obviously knew that Geraldo was going to show up and it was around Christmas yeah so they hung up like 
three of the most pathetic decorations on the wall and actually clothed clothed the kids this time mm-hmm. who usually like they sh- when they first showed up like all of the the teen and the preteen girls just had shower time with like the single male nurse like the lone male nurse took all these girls to the shower mm-hmm. um and the whole thing is just heartbreaking and just makes you so angry yeah. as you're watching the whole thing like there's a girl who's like 16 and super just broken down and frail and weighs like 50 pounds or whatever. Yeah. And her leg is just like snapped in half, like a 45, right? Gross. And the Geraldo is, is interviewing them and they're like, she, he's like, uh, she sounds like she's in pain. And they're like, no, she's okay. I'm like, well, what's this? And he points to her leg, which is obviously snapped in half. Like, oh no, that's no problem. And they like put iodine on the outside of the leg and say she's fine. My point is... I'm waiting for the fun part of this There's no fun part of this. There's zero fun part of this. The fun part for me is telling you, fuck you, Geraldo was a real reporter. (laughs) Wait, so you just... Huzzah! You just brought everyone way the fuck down. Way the fuck down. Just so you could be like, you know what, that Geraldo guy? This one time? He did some stuff. I guess that's my point. <laughs> Brava. This this was totally a conversation that we should have that I should tell you about this horrible thing. Yeah. So you can be like, I'm glad I had that conversation. Yeah. Thanks for us. Now I know about that. But instead <laughs> we're entertaining people by doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Feel entertaining. This is this is this is this is the sound of sarcastic air quotes around the word entertaining. I'm sorry. I apologize to everyone listening. You, well, there aren't many of you left, I'm sure. You've probably left. You've probably, all you, I apologize if you're in a car and you're now in a ditch because oh you just God. drove yourself there from depression. Found the nearest tree. And Russ is cackling. The, while, yeah, the you're point, at your misery. The point is. The whole point, the segue there was the institution reminded me of that. Yay. Huzzah. I'm so glad we went down that rabbit hole. Were you waiting the whole time for me to come up with a punchline? I, not necessarily a punchline. I, at a certain point, I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, this needs to end now. You re- this needs to end. No one is enjoying this. Uh that house blew up real good. <laughs> Our, uh, the I think about my only big thing I got left is uh, the at the, towards the end. There's uh, an older couple that find Chucky in the in the elevator. Yeah, I have no idea. This is probably a fun fact that I could find out there if I did any research. <laughs> this is a fun. I'm about to make something up. I'm willing to bet. That those two were like Tom Holland, the director's parents, or something like that, because mm-hmm. they were the worst actors in the entire movie. Okay, I, they were fine. They didn't mm. stand out as terrible to me. Mm. Okay, she was like, "Oh, that doll's real ugly." It didn't blow me away. It wasn't like, "Oh man, this," she's obviously the parents. No. You're wrong. So, so do you want to peter out like this, or should we try to come up with a huzzah moment at the at the end, a real zinger? The house blow up real good. 
<laughs> Do you got anything else? Uh, no. <laughs> Just end it. End everyone's misery. Uh, end it now.